Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Chris Ahern, the Vice President of Federal at Smartsheet. Chris, welcome to the discussion. Well, uh, good to be here, Jason. Thanks for having me. Let me set just a little bit of context for our conversation today. We know data is the fuel that's driving agency mission success. The challenge for many agencies is pulling the data out of silos and aggregating it so senior executives can make better decisions. The, first, the thirst for data and the need for tools to help collect and understand it is growing off the charts. Dell Tech, a market research firm, estimates that agencies will spend more than $4 billion by 2024 on data analytics tools. That spending is on top of the other drivers like cloud and infrastructure modernization and workforce training around using these big data tools. The benefits of breaking down the data silos and integrating data are huge. During the pandemic, agencies saw this, them firsthand when sharing information across the agency and, and government-wide, helping improve citizen services and achieving mission goals. A paper from the Harvard Kennedy School of Government found that the benefits of using data to move toward a leading indicator instead of a lagging indicator includes financial savings, operational improvements, and increased faith and trust in government. The key to achieving these and other improvements is real-time access to the data and analysis to ensure changes are, can be made sooner than later and the leadership are all working from the same page. So, how can agencies move toward this data-driven environment? Well, Chris, that's where you come in. Once again, I'm joined by Chris Ahern, the Vice President of Federal at SmartSheet. Now, Chris, one of the things that, that underscores this move toward data and, and getting out of silos and, and driving towards real-time is this IT modernization effort that we're seem to talk about all the time. What's the connection? Help me understand kind of the why the legacy IT modernization and data and, and really driving towards the better decision making are all coming together. So what we see in our uh, customer base, which includes Fortune 500 companies, federal agencies, a number of uh, different customers, you know, if you look over the the landscape of technology over the years, and you know, you you and I recall probably ten years ago, right, where most of the work that federal workers was doing every day was in large and yes, they were legacy systems, um, you know, mainframe, uh, ERP, uh, those sorts of things, and and you know, generally those systems were were written more with organizational needs, not necessarily user needs in mind, and. Uh, Ultimately, you know, I think one of the one of the pitfalls of systems like that is they didn't stand the test of time, and you know, a lot of new requirements came, priorities shifted quickly, the systems were big and rigid and and couldn't move. And then, you know, more recently, we see the explosion of desktop and cloud tools, right? So you think uh, Zoom and Teams, where were they five years ago if they weren't in our life? Um, and same with Slack and and chat and those sorts of things. So. So really what, what we see happening in our customers is much less reliance on those big monolithic systems. And people, you know, Gartner has a stat that says people do 60% of their work is self-managed, which means, you know, that a large part of their job has to be accomplished using what's on their desktop or what they can access on the cloud. And nobody tells them exactly how to do it. Sure, they get some training and those sorts of things, but, you know, they have to build processes, they have to build workflows, they have to integrate and get the data that they need uh, and those sorts of things. You know, more recently, and, and you've probably been watching GSA and, you know, their cloud adoption, uh, they like to say that they're on digital transformation 2.0 now, right? Where they've already gone through, you know, one iteration, you know, five years worth of, uh, you know, various cloud tools and some of these newer technologies they've deployed, you know, and they've kind of gotten to the point where they say, 
hey, I need, I need to refresh that now, right? So I think, you know, when you think legacy modernization, you have to think about, okay, where, where are people, right? And to your point about data, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of those, you know, older systems aren't, aren't, they didn't think about collaboration and sharing data and those sorts of things back when they were, you know, when those systems were put in place, right? And, uh, you know, now in today's world and today's environment, pretty much every, every function in the government is a team sport. And the ability to share data and have people visualize things that you're working on and those sorts of things is critical. You mentioned the, the ERP systems and other kind of larger legacy systems. And, and you and I could probably talk longer about the, the, the word legacy a little bit because sure, system is new today and tomorrow is now legacy. So, so I think there's a bigger piece there. But I think your point of it's not really written for user needs. Are you seeing that the customers are starting to understand that and, and try to say, okay, this served our purpose, but now we need to move to a system that is more user focused, more about customer experience and, and the like? I think, you know, in a lot of cases, the uh, there's a rationalization process agencies have to go through. I mean, you know, I, I'm not, you know, a lot of those uh, big old systems are, are critical, they're transactional, they have archiving capability, there are things that have to be done. I think my point is for the majority of work being done by knowledge workers in the federal government is there be, you know, it's being done elsewhere. And yes, they're still, where, where they have to have those systems in place, you know, systems of record, they're, that's, they're yeah. called that for a reason, right? <laughs> uh, that you know they're still entering into, but but the majority of their day is spent outside of that. And when when they go outside of that, that's where that collaboration can happen. And I think that the key here is is how to get to that point of collaboration. We saw the pandemic, and and I think probably a lot of us are maybe tired of talking about the pandemic, but that really showed the value of collaboration tools. Is that what's really the the other piece that's spurring this? Not just the move off legacy, but oh wow, during during that last twenty months, we've really changed the way we work. Well, I think it. I, I think it really cemented that shift that was uh, already going on. You know, I, I think about our engaged conference, which was uh, October of last year. We had a guest speaker on public sector. You know, happened to be a woman from a large school system in Colorado, twenty-two thousand students, three thousand staff members, and she was telling the story of essentially in a matter of weeks having to stand up an online school, which they had never ever done before. Right, and so when you think about a task like that, right, uh, you know, once once in a lifetime, let's hope, once in a lifetime sort of uh, um, thing that you're going to need to do. Um, sure, IT is going to play a role. They have to put the bandwidth in place. They have to make sure the equipment's out there. They have to make sure it's secure and all those sorts of things. But to stand up an online school, you have to figure out staffing. You have to figure out training. You have to figure out how you're going to record grades. You have to figure out attendance and how you're going to record that. And you had all these staff people, teachers and other staff that are sitting at home, right? And they have, you know, they have a bunch of tools on their desktop and, you know, they, they in that particular case, you know, were able to kind of meet that need and they, they stood the school up and were, and were successful with it, right? And that took place at pretty much every school system across the country, maybe across the world. Um, but it also took place in a lot of federal agencies under different circumstances. I just think that's a good relatable example. I think one of the things we've seen over the last year is when, when you talk about the move to the cloud and that desktop like uh, tools and, and things to, to make that collaboration easier. I think that's that's the aha move, move, moment for a lot of agencies. What are you hearing from customers who, okay, we had that aha moment, now how do we keep the momentum going? Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, there's this uh, shift is still going on to where, um, 
organizations and agencies have really sort of realized that you know the potential right in that story i told about colorado wow these people are pretty innovative like they got a whole lot done this worked pretty well right so you know how do we harness that and you know some of the statistics i've read around that i mean gartner says that by the year 2024 80 percent of all new technology products and services are going to be be built by non-technologists i read another survey i think it was accenture uh, it was 89 percent of federal leaders said that you know they wanted to tap uh, the democratization of technology as the next wave of innovation and i you know i I, I look at a website called uh, No Code Census where they do a lot of sampling of, of you know, folks that are using no code. And, uh, you know, their, their, their findings are that, you know, it's using no code solutions is 4.6 4 times faster and cheaper than doing it on a traditional technology platform. So I think, you know, the, a switch has kind of flipped, if you will. You know, originally it was uh, necessity was the mother of invention during uh during the pandemic but now right. i think you know as we as we are moving out of that people are starting to say well, well wow you know this really works we we should we should do more of it uh, your point about the rise of low code no code platforms i think is really interesting because when i talk to cios and others that comes up time and again you're seeing it more and more it's very it's, it's always this kind of like early wave of people who talk about it and then then the hype the hype cycle catches up I think the hype cycle has caught up and maybe we're even past it now because I think they're seeing that, that goal of democratization. And is that, is that creating what maybe is a new term that we should also start to use to is a collaborative work management, a platform where you, you and I can, no matter where we're located, get together and, and maybe code or maybe share data or whatever we do. Yeah, I think on the collaborative work management side, I mean, that, that's a, it's a category that Gartner and Forrester and, and other analysts are now uh, tracking. And, and you know, what, what typifies a CWM solution, it's, a, it's actually pretty simple. I mean, the first tenant is usability. And, and you know, you need to have a capability that's out there that folks can learn in a matter of hours or days as opposed to months. Um, that's a big tenant. And then the other part is cloud, right? So if you think about it, Hey, I'm working on Excel. I'm working on a Google Doc. I'm working on something that's, uh, you know, that that only I can see. You know, then I have to save it. Then I have to email it to you, um, and then I have to report on it, and you know, get my boss to, right, and all those sorts of things. Well, I'm I'm jumping from tool to tool and place to place. Right. I mean, the average person, uh, I saw a study from uh, Pegasystems, switches screens 1,100 times a day, right? Uh, so it's not necessarily the the best way to work and and cwm is a platform where you know leveraging the cloud again you can you can do all that stuff uh in one place now from a user perspective they tend to like it uh because they can automate things they do every day and you know that they do over and over again every day they can you know create workflows they can collaborate with others you know one of the things they really like is they don't have to you know go through the big exercise of preparing reports for the boss for the for the big monthly meeting and those sorts of things, which becomes a separate event. And then, you know, again, leverage in the cloud, leadership, you know, really likes it because, you know, they're able to see an aggregate of what all their, what all their employees are doing, how they're tracking across projects and processes and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, we have a number of customers uh, that, that, you know, leverage CWM to roll out new initiatives and strategies, right? You know, typically an organization rolls out, you know, the five, pillars of strategy for the year and then you know get six months into the year and they're like hey how are we doing against this 
right? And, uh, you know, CWO gives you the capability to actually see, like, is that what people are working on day in and day out? Let's maybe put a little finer point on what collaborative work management is. It's a platform. I know Smartsheet is, is well involved here. Is it a platform? Am I buying something? Am I looking to a cloud? Or is it a, is a dashboard? Help me so, so, uh, visualize it. <laughs> yeah, sure. The, uh, you know, collaborative work management, they are the, the products in that category, yes, are generally, or they're all cloud-based as far as I know. Uh, you know, again, there's a there's a user interface. You know, uh, in our case, it it, it can look like a, a grid, like spread, like a spreadsheet. It can look, be Kanban. It can be you know a number of different things. And a lot of the other products have you know have the same things. Um, but but the intent is you know any of those formats, Jason. Somebody's seen that before. Somebody's probably worked in it before, right? And if that's what they're used to, you know, that means they can get up to speed relatively quickly on a on a CWM solution. Um, and then, and then generally the other things that are built in is, you know, it's the ability to build automations really easily. The ability for me to collaborate with you on a platform and, you know, whether you have a, you know, whether you have a license, you know, for, for, uh, for Smartsheet or not, you know, I can email you and ask you for an update. And when I get that update from you, it'll go right back into my, my project sheet where I'm, uh, where I'm tracking it. So th those are, you know, those are pretty compelling and, you know, people can execute all their work in one place. I think the key among other things is it's, it's on formats that people have used before. And when you're talking about new technology or a new process, okay, I recognize this, I understand the basics. I'm no Excel expert, but I've used it enough to, to know a little bit. So if someone gives me some, oh, this looks like Excel, okay, I can make it work. Yeah. Chris, let's take a quick break and come back where we can uh, maybe get in some of those user use cases and really understand the, the benefits of, of using a collaborative work management. Sure. First, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. Agencies need to rapidly pivot and scale to meet any demand. The Smartsheet platform can get you there. With Smartsheet Gov, eliminate silos across teams, get real-time visibility into initiatives, and build and scale solutions to accelerate mission results. Built for the U.S. government, Smartsheet Gov is the only FedRAMP and IL-4 authorized collaborative work management platform that empowers you to do more with less while maintaining security. Modernize the way work gets done. Visit Smartsheet.com gov. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Chris Ahern, the Vice President of Federal at Smartsheet. Now, Chris, before break, we we're talking a little bit about this idea of legacy modernization, this idea of collaborative work management, and how that's really kind of started to take off and, and agencies are understanding the, the need. You mentioned the idea and the connection to low-code, no-code platforms, and there's always when I talk to CIOs and others, uh, uh, maybe a bit of a concern that starts to rise up. Well, we, we want to make sure the guardrails are set. We don't want to give people too much leeway because then you start getting shadow IT, you start getting, if you will, programs that are not meeting our security goals. So, so how do you kind of find that right balance between democratization, but not, uh-oh, now we have a security problem or a governance problem or, or 10 versions of Smartsheet everywhere? Sure, I, you know, the, in, in CWM, and uh, I'm just relaying something Gartner and Forrester both say, I mean, typically in an organization, it, it can start pretty small and f frequently, 
you know, in IT terms, you know, that means shadow IT. Somebody has a credit card, goes out and buys a license and, you know, kind of jumps in and get, gets going. I think what we've seen in the, in the federal market, though, you know, quite candidly, is there's a lot less of that going on. They need to get IT involved uh, earlier. What we, what we do see, you know, is a concern from, uh, from CIOs and whatnot. Obviously, they have their compliance and ATOs and single sign-on uh, mechanisms that, that we need to tie into and, and those sorts of things. And they have the expectation that, you know, just like those, you know, say what you want about legacy systems, you know, they're very secure, right? And, you know, anything you're doing on the cloud, um, you know, by nature has to be, you know, secured to the standards that the government has, has set out there. So, you know, my advice is always, you know, make make sure you, you, you look under the hood and that, you know, whatever platform it is, you know, that you're looking at has all the standards and, 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 you know, candidly is kind of built from the ground up to be secure, right? Because protecting, protecting government data is, is paramount for, for them and for us quite candidly. When you talk to agencies and customers about offering this kind of, or using this low code, no code platform, do they set up, okay, we will allow it, but here's some of the perimeters and, and how does, what's the conversation like? Kind of interesting uh, to be quite honest. I think there's different, you know, kind of gradations of what we get. Uh, you know, so it was like the uh, risk, right? How much risk? Yeah. <laughs> well, in some in some cases, it's you know they adopt it fully, and you know this is great, and you know we 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 do meet a lot of the security standards and requirements and things like that, and you know we have a lot of people on our team that speak their language, right? Which which helps a lot too, um, and and they embrace it fully. Noah is you know is a customer such a such as that for us. Others are. Uh, you know, they're looking at, you know, they've got tool sprawl and there's a lot of different things out there. And, you know, we get to the point with them where they're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll allow it, you know, <laughs> in our uh, environment. And, and it, you know, it tends to grow from there. Uh, and then, you know, there, there are uh, other agencies, you know, who are, who are a little more discerning about cloud in general and those sorts of things. So it, it tends to run, you know, tends to, it just tends to vary by customer, but they all have their own processes and ATOs and, and things like that. So, I mean, we're, you know, we, we operate under FedRAMP, but, but you know, they still do their own thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the big challenges when it comes to the cloud is FedRAMP, but plus plus sometimes, or FedRAMP moderate to FedRAMP high and the like. The other piece of this, and you mentioned Noah, you mentioned some other customers, Walk me through maybe how they're using SmartSheet, but also what are you seeing from them to, to understand why low-code, no-code, and, and the collaborative work management is, is beneficial? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a good example within NOAA is, uh, is NOAA Fisheries, uh, and this is mostly in their IT department. You know, this is a few years back. They, they, they had a huge backlog of projects, and they were just, you know, quite candidly, we're having trouble keeping up. Uh, and we were able to work with them, uh, you know, and, and, and put a, uh, a program management office in place and a framework around that that they, that they worked off of. Um, and at the end of that, uh, you know, they were able to get their people trained rather quickly and they were able to achieve 40% productivity from the, from the same number of staff. Uh, they also, you know, management liked that they reduced the risk you know, because they had visibility into what was going on on all the projects uh, at all times. You know, I remember uh, Roy Varghese, who's actually at U.S. Mint now. Uh, oh. U.S. Courts. U.S. Courts, sorry. Uh, sorry, Roy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I was talking to him at one point, and, uh, you know, his comment was, you know, we, we deployed it, and then, 
you know, I came, you know, a few months later as a manager and I said, hey, you can work in anything you want, but the only thing I'm going to look at, you know, for my, for my reports and edification and those sorts of things is Smartsheet. And then he said everybody kind of shifted over to it. So that, that was one where, you know, fairly tangible. And, you know, there, he, there were some stories published about that and those sorts of things. Uh, so it's out there. And, you know, their mission is, is, is pretty important. Uh, the, so. the, re the reduction in the increase in productivity or the 40% and then the reduction in risk, why? Is it because they had the right data? It goes back to the beginning of our conversation. Or they had data in real time. Or what? Or how? Or why? <laughs> you fill it in. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, from a project management perspective, uh, a lot of the, you know, the alternatives out there, you know, kind of in the older generation of uh, solutions are desktop based and they're difficult to share. And, you know, consequently, you know, because almost every project involves multiple people and multiple teams and those sorts of things, it, it becomes a natural bottleneck if, it share, if you can't share the data in terms of what's going on, right? And, uh, you know, typically if I'm, if I'm running a project, you know, I need people to review, you know, various, uh, various documents and, and things like that. I need people to approve things, you know, I need, I need those sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, doing that in, in, you know, some of the, you know, old school legacy, you know, products, if you will, is, is difficult to do. So it, it was, uh, yeah, it was really that ability to kind of have a simpler interface and, and get more work done and, and allow people to see what you're doing. So. If you're sharing spreadsheets, someone becomes the bottleneck. All of a sudden, it's like, why isn't Chris giving me the spreadsheet so I can look at it? Well, Chris is busy, or Chris is off today, or you fill in the blank, and all of a sudden, that project kind of slows down because we're waiting on Chris. I think that that's what the solution, in many ways, it's solving. It's, okay, well, Chris isn't here, but somebody else can look at it, or we can see what's happening. And I think that's the productivity increase, imagine, that, that type yeah. of bottleneck. Or, or, you know, did Chris send you the right version? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, which which is something that you uh, yeah you, you need to you know keep control of as well. You know when you mentioned data, what's what's authoritative, what's up to date, right, and those sorts of things. And in a cloud based instance, uh, everybody you know single source of truth probably a little bit overused, but but there's a lot of validity to it. So great example of NOAA Fisheries. I think a lot of agencies probably have very similar challenges. So I think it's always helpful to see okay that's how they solved it. Let's maybe look forward a little bit. As agencies continue to modernize, we've heard a lot about network modernization. There's obviously the continued push to the cloud. There's also this this idea of, of creating this hybrid work environment. Where do you see, what's the trends you're kind of looking to or, or expecting to see uh, in the next you know, three, five years or so? Yeah, I think you know some of the uh, stats and figures you know I shared with you earlier from the analysts, I mean, I, I think, you know, it has so much promise in the government, you know, to kind of allow this innovation at the edge. And I think, you know, parts of government and enlightened government leaders, you know, in the past have, have really kind of believed in that. You know, I don't know if they were the norm uh, before, but I think it's it's becoming the norm uh, more and more. So I, I do believe that, you know, democratization of technology and that ability for, you know, innovation on the edge and for people that are, uh, you know, power users or users to make a really big impact in terms of, uh, you know, building software capabilities that, that uh, you know, that really, you know, drive innovation and modernize systems, you know, quite candidly. That democratization piece is, are you finding that agencies are needing to train the workforce? How much is this kind of bottom up versus top down, that democratization piece? You know, uh, I think it varies. You know, I mean, a good story uh, of one of our customers is uh, in the Corps, uh, Army Corps of Engineers, uh, and uh, the woman's actually a cartographer. 
and she manages uh, right-of-way applications uh, on you know federal and, and core-owned lands down uh, down in uh, Southwest United States. Um, and, and she, you know, of her own will and volition, was sort of looked at the processes that they had in place, which were very manual, fill out a form, send us the form, it'll go to somebody, <laughs> then we'll, you know, uh, and, you know, she built an intake form that, you know, takes the application in. It then goes into kind of a workflow setup she has where it works through the, the approval or disapproval process uh, and then ultimately renders a decision that, you know, goes out automatically to the applicant. Um, and along with that, built you know dashboards and reports and things like that for her management to be able to manage. You know, I, and I would imagine across the court there's probably hundreds of thousands of these, uh, maybe thousands in her region, um, to be able to manage that. Uh, and she's a cartographer. Um, yeah, which uh, you know I think is just you know it's a great testament you know to that that potential that I think uh, the federal government and federal leaders uh, see out there. She actually won a. Uh, Innovator of the Year award in her region. Nice uh, for doing that. So, so I think that's typically the way it starts, right? And then uh, you know, folks like that, uh, you know, a lot of times you see leadership, you know, saying, well, 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 well wait a minute, we we do this in you know, I think it's twenty seven regions across the country, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, we're not there yet, but you know, uh, you know, I think I think once once it gets their attention and generally the dashboards and you know having that real time visibility you know you mentioned data earlier i mean we we fit into a data ecosystem in that we can we can integrate with various systems where it's needed for people to execute their work or to execute their projects um, we're also a producer of data because the the data that we that we generate on what's getting done and how how projects and processes and different things are are, are progressing is is relatively unique. I mean, it's 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 not something that uh, that leaders are used to having. And and once they get it, uh, they catch on pretty quick. There's definitely a thirst for that data. Once yeah. it, oh okay, now I see it. And I think the same thing. I think the cartographer example is a great one because it's not just the tech people. You mentioned no fisheries with with an IT project management, but I imagine that this type of of democratization of low code no code and this type of Collaborative work management can be used in, in other areas of the government, whether acquisition or, or finance or wherever. Yeah, no, uh, you know, on the acquisition side, I mean, you know, it's the ultimate team sport right there. And, uh, you know, the focus on frictionless acquisition, I mean, one of the key components of that is having, uh, you know, having a data architecture in the background to allow people to, you know, do their jobs. And you think about everything, a, a, you know, a, a, a contracting officer has to do and all the different stakeholders that they have, you know, the end user, the budget people, the legal people, uh, the technical buyer, you know, and any number of different people that, you know, they have to get approvals on. And, you know, I, I remember I remember a time when that was all in a manila folder, right? That uh, got walked around the office and everything. Uh, you know, and it got stuck uh, on your desk. And was a, usually not on mine, <laughs> okay. but, uh, you know, it was a tremendously, uh, it was a tremendously manual process. And, uh, and something like that, you know, in a in a CWM environment or a smart sheet environment, and that you know we have customers that are that are doing that. They're putting out you know web-based forms, you know, that are smart sheet forms for you know responses to RFQs and RFPs. So it it, it shows just where this is going. I think it's an important idea that the collaboration is is when you're not working in the office. When I can't walk down the hall and say, Hey, Chris, can you look at this? You got to have something where we all can look at it at once. And it's got to be something more than just a shared file on, a, on, on, the, on the main drive or something. So I think that, that you're right. I mean, it sounds like uh, the, the pandemic helped cement the vision or, or the, the path a lot of agencies are going down. And 
think we're going to start seeing more of it as, as in the future. Yes, I, I tend to agree. All right, very good. Well, Chris, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, so let me thank my guest. Chris Ahern is the Vice President of Federal at Smartsheet. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Appreciate the time. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation and in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.